prayer. Lift up your voice and begin to talk to the Lord and tell the Lord, Lord, speak to my heart through your word. Let the entrance of your words bring light and understanding unto me. Tell the Lord, the Lord, let the word come alive unto me. Let my life never be the same again. Let my life be changed. Let my life be turned around. Let my life be transformed. Pray, committing your heart to the, to the, into the hands of the Lord. Tell the Lord, the Lord, position my heart. Lord, cause my heart to be a good soil, a fertile ground in the name of Jesus to receive the seed of your word and, and let my life never be the same again in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord, let my life never be the same again. In the name of Jesus, let your word come alive unto me. Let my life be changed, turned around, transformed to God in the name of Jesus. I want you to pray this final prayer. The Lord make my heart a good soil for the seed of your word so that it will bear forth fruit. Just lift up your voice and pray and tell the Lord that anything that will be a distraction to the reception of your word, Lord, take it out and help me to be focused to receive the revelation of your word that will take me to the next dimension and the next level of my life in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father of God. We bless your name. Speak to our hearts that our lives never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. amen. So today I was going to start a series titled, When God Manifests. But as I was praying and preparing, I felt God wanted me to share a different message today. God will us to I'll start the series, uh, When God Manifests. From God will us to when I start that series, it's going to be brutal. When God Manifests. But today I'm going to speak on what I have titled, A Circumspect Life. A circumspect life. In this year of the manifest presence of God, we are going to see God do great things in our lives. God is going to do amazing things in our lives. And it is very important that we are well positioned so that the things that God wants to do, we can access them. Because you see, there's one thing about a lot of believers. We pray. In fact, they said the African church is, is, the, is the most praying church. But it's the less effective church. Because we pray so much, believing God for amazing things. And the thing is that when God does it, we are not ready for it. We are not well positioned. God opens doors and we can't enter. Because we don't have what it takes to enter. And, and so many believers have missed out on the tremendous blessings that God has for us. Sometimes God is going to open a door in a particular season and you don't have the qualification to enter the door. You don't have the skill. You don't have what it takes. And so God wants us to be positioned in a way that when he does the miraculous this year, you'll be ready to enter into it. Shout a big amen. amen. And so we are going to look at a second spent life. And, and one of the key things that we are going to talk about today is the usage of time. Now, one very important resource that God has given to all of us as human beings is time. In fact, time is so essential that if time freezes, everything else freezes. Nothing will go on. I mean, if time should freeze, everything will not go on. God has made it said that in this life, everything revolves around time. Everything. Right now, what we are doing is time. I mean, whilst you are sitting here, time is going, right? So, so everything we do is within the resource of time. But God's desire is that you and I, at the end of the day, would have made the best use of the time that he has given to us. Because whether we like it or not, 24 hours, there's no one here who has 26 hours. 
Maybe, maybe some, someone has 26 hours. And you will notice that we have gone through the year. We have already, we just, we just had New Year's uh, Eve celebration. We entered into 1st January. We're excited. We shouted. We screamed. We're already eight days into 2023. <laughs> and so if you don't make the best use of your time, you would realize that every year you will go through the year. This is my year of miracle. This is my year of breakthrough. This is my year of this. And then the, the, the year ends and nothing has happened. And the following year, nothing has happened. And, and, and like, Pastor, I don't understand. My life is not progressing. God is not hearing me. No, no, it's not God is not hearing you. You haven't positioned yourself well. So Paul has something very important to tell the efficient church. And he's telling us the same thing. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 to 16. Ephesians 5, 15 to 16. He says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. See then that you do what? You walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because what? The days are evil. I'm going to take my time to break down the scripture. But before I do that, let me share five important truths about time. The first one is that time has been set in motion by God. It does not wait for anyone. A very important truth you need to understand in life is that time has been set in motion by God. It does not wait. See, because when God created this world, he created time. And, and time has to move because the purposes of God are accomplished within time. So time is not waiting for any of us. In fact, no matter what, how much you desire that time should wait, time will not wait. Time just moves. And, and, and just some few minutes ago, we're at um, 10.55 when I was starting the message. It's now 11 o'clock. Time is going. Time is not waiting for anyone. So whether you like it or not, time is what? Set in motion. Recently, I was just looking at my age and I said, Hey, Jack, I'm growing old. You see, when you're getting closer to your birthday, then, then you realize I'm growing older. No, maybe at a point you feel too excited oh, I'm, it's another birthday. But when you're clocking a certain age and you're near your birthday, you realize, that, Hey, Jack, what is happening with me? <laughs> Because time is set in motion. Recently, I was telling my wife, hey, so we have grown this far. Some many few years ago, we're walking around on campus like, you know, lava bears walking around on campus. And now we have two kids. Life is going. Before I realized, Aram is telling me that they are marrying. Life is going. <laughs> I'm a grandpa. <laughs> so life is set in motion. It doesn't wait for anyone. So if you think that Time is going to wait for you. I'm sorry. Time is not going to wait for you. And you're not growing any younger. You will be growing older. In fact, as the seconds are clocking, you are getting closer to your grave and closer to the coming of Christ. Uh, whether you like it or not. If God sets your death like where Andrews is, every time the clock is ticking, you are getting closer. It, it won't shift. It's there. Number two, all resources... The resources we have been given in life work within the resource called time. The air we breathe, it works within the resource called time. The relationships you have, they work within the resource called time. The gifts God has given to you, they work within the resource called time. Everything is used within time. The third important truth is that not everything can be done within every moment of time. There is a time for everything. There, life is very interesting. What, what you are supposed to accomplish within a particular season, if you miss it, you're in trouble. You would have to wait for another season to get it done. If you miss it, 
And, and, I, and I keep on saying that life is, is played with the rhythm of time. So, for instance, I mean, if a farmer, if we have a farmer and then the first rains come and the farmer does not plow, he does not do anything, and then he's just sitting there relaxing, the rains, the, the major rainy season comes, no planting, nothing, and the farmer gets up during the dry season, begins to plant. It doesn't work that way because life is such that what you fail to accomplish in a particular season for which it is meant, you can't accomplish in another season. Your prayers cannot do it. It can't change it. So if, if in a season you're supposed to go to school and you refuse to go to school, I'm telling you, you'll get to another season and you realize that yeah, I, can't, I can't do the school. If, if in a season you're supposed to do a certain investment in your own life and you don't do it, you get to another season and you realize that, hey, it can't work. So, things are done by in the rhythm of time. And you have to know the moment God wants you to do something and you've got to do it. Number four, there are three responses to time. You either spend it, waste it, or invest it. All of us, every single human being, we, we are in this category, one of the three. I don't know about you. You spend time. When you eat, you spend time. When you um, bath, you spend time. When you sleep, you spend time. Because there are things that, I mean, there are, there are regular things that you do in life. But there are also things that waste time. There are productive things that are still waste, <laughs> time wasted. Because the fact that I am doing something that is productive, something that is fruitful, something that is beneficial does not mean necessarily that it's contributing to my purpose in life. It does not mean that it's contributing to my assignment in life. So as long as it is out of God's will, it's a time waster. Because I would have gone, spent 10 years being a doctor whereas God would have wanted me to be a pastor. What would I have done? I've wasted 10 years because it doesn't contribute to my overall assignment in life. So there are productive things that are still time. So there are people involved in, like they are busy running around, but God has something different for them and they are not doing it. And they, are, they think that they are doing something with their time, but they are wasting their time because it doesn't contribute to where God wants them to be. And there are also unproductive things that waste our time. Number one, TikTok. Facebook. Instagram. Twitter. Snapchat. WhatsApp. Some of us, you can scroll through every single status in the day. Then you look, then you laugh. Quack, 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 quack. Then you go to the next one. Quack, 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 quack. By the time you finish, you go to the next one. By the time you finish, three hours on social media alone, three hours out of 24 hours, multiply the three hours by every single day in the month. By 30, you can imagine the number of hours. Multiply it by the next 12 months and, can, and then divide it and see how many years of your life you have spent on social media. Yes. Some of us, television programs, telenovelas. Hey, Jack! When it, you, you see the way we do countdown in church, five minutes to service. You, you have a, a countdown to telenovela. Well, five minutes to eight. Tally, tally, tally. You are behind the television set. Ready. Alejandro, or what? <laughs> what are the names? Alejandro, something, something, something. Like, Some of, some of us is football. Like you, like every single match, you have to be glued to the television screen. And these are 
aren't productive. They don't add to your life. And so they waste our lives. It's, just, I mean, it's so amazing. Ronaldo is moving to Saudi Arabia. It's a whole, like people are like all over the internet, like following what is happening in Saudi Arabia. And the guy is earning out, whatever, 200 million, and you are not getting even one dollar. But, but, but it's, like, it's a whole fight. Ronaldo is this. this is, he's a waster. And like people are like, that's their whole day on that. Who is the goat? Messi. Messi has won trophy. Ronaldo has. Make one. They are not, you are not getting a single peso from their, their money. I'm not saying don't, don't, don't get excited. And, and, but where your whole life and your whole time goes into it. And there are people who invest their time. And the investment of time is the fact that what you are doing with your life now has a bearing on your future. It becomes productive. It, you, 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 you are putting your time into something that is worthwhile. So that in the near future, when God opens a door, you realize that you are, you'd have been ready for that door. Ready. God is going to open doors. As for doors, he will open. Because we are praying for you. He will open the doors. But the issue is, you see, the, the most frustrating thing in life is a door opening and you are standing there. You can't enter into the door. Because you don't have what it takes to move into that door. So investing your time requires that you put yourself and you put your energy into what will get you where God is taking you to. And that's what this year I believe God wants to do. He wants us to invest invest your time in your spiritual development invest your time in your moral development invest your time in your financial development invest your time in your academic development invest your time in your job invest your time in where where god is taking you to and how i was saying earlier in the first service that the same data i used to watch the tiktok and laugh ah this is like that look at this oh look that same data you can use it to be learning you don't need to go to school to learn in this age. School has its place, but if you don't get school, you can still learn. You still, you still buy data. You still use it for a lot of things. So invest. And, and the fifth thing is, what you do with your time now will determine the outcome of your life tomorrow. Whether we like it or not, that's the truth. What you do with your time now will determine what? The outcome of your life tomorrow. And so, knowing this important truth, I want us to go back to the passage. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 to 16. Paul said, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Paul says that when you come to know the Lord, you are considered a wise person. I mean, the, the wisest decision you can ever make in life is to give your life to Jesus Christ. That's, that's, it's a wise decision because you save yourself on this earth and in eternity. So he says that, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as what? Fools, but as wise. Paul, Paul didn't mean words. So Paul was like, Paul was like, prophet to draw up today. I just says it as it is. <laughs> I mean, not as fools, but what? As wise, because we are wise people. So he says that we should not walk as fools, but as wise. So in this passage, he gives us three things. The first one is the way of living that we are supposed to live. He says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. The second is the strategy for living this way. He says, redeeming the time. And the third is the reason for living this way. Because the days are evil. So let's take each of them. So the way of living, Paul uses the word circumspectly, which in the Greek means exactly. 
It means accurately. It actually means diligently. So when Paul says work circumspectly, it means that your life should be so precise that when we look at how you are living now, without prophetic word, we can actually tell where you are going. Sometimes you don't need prophecy to say to tell that this person's life is going this way or this person's life is when we just look at the way you are living, we can tell, oh no, from, from the way you are living, you are you are going this way. From the way you are living, you are going. It's as simple as that. So if you are living a life of precision where you know exactly what God has for you and you have directed all your energies and everything in that direction, we can actually tell that you will get there. We can tell that you get there. When I was in SHS, they started calling me pastor in SHS. I wasn't a pastor, but everything I was doing just told them that this guy is just going to be a pastor. Because you, you have to know what God has assigned for you. And I got to know my assignment way back in SHS 1. When I understood, when I discovered that, I said, ah, Jack, everything is going in this direction. They started calling me pastor. Up to now, when, when my mates meet me, they said, we are not surprised. Because, you see, people should be able to look at the way your life is going and actually tell that you will get here. So Paul says that your life must be accurate. It must be precise. It must be exact. And, and when he uses the word diligent as an alternative word, it means that you pursue it with all your heart and your mind. Let us know that you are so convinced about what you are doing. That this is what God wants you to do and you are so convinced about it. Oh, some of us are like, oh, pastor, I think God wants me to do this. First of all, you are not even sure. I think. Then your thinking, cry, your way of doing it does not show that you really think that God wants you to do it. You have to be so consumed in it. And that is what living a circumspect life de demands. It demands that you work so hard that nothing good will lack in your life. And I pray for all of us that your life will not lack any good thing because you'll be so precise and so accurate in your life. You, you work so diligently with your life. In fact, the word circumspect means you are careful to please God in all you do so that you execute nothing but his will. You are so careful about the way you live. You are so careful that when the boys are coming, they are not distractions. Oh, they can give you all the raps. You tell them, Charlie Jack, I'm focused. No, I'm not minding you. Because you know where you are going. You, you, you have to be so precise that, that when, when, the, when the girls are coming around and disturbing you, you are so precise. Like, Charlie, I know where I'm going. No, I, I, know, I know who I am. <laughs> no, because you see, when you understand this precision of life, it even eliminates some people that, you, that come around you. In terms of, you don't get confused, too confused about who to marry and who not to marry. Because already, this one doesn't, this one doesn't qualify. This one doesn't fit into where I'm going. This one doesn't fit into where, this one doesn't fit. Then all of a sudden, it narrows the number down. But some people, they are confused because there are 12 guys around them. Like, hey, this guy is caring. Hey, this guy is loving. This guy buys this. No, none of that. When you understand your assignment, you're like, this is the correct guy. He might not look like it but I know he's the correct guy. So your life is very precise. When job opportunities come, you know which one to pick because you know where your life is going. So you know this one is not meant for me. That one is for me. And that's what God wants us to do. God wants us to have a life that we are so sure about the next move. And we work hard towards it. 
Now, Paul says that see then. So when he says see then that you walk circumspectly, it means he has said something before. Because the moment I introduce see then, it means that I've said something and I'm trying to premise on that to tell you that you have to live this way. So let's go to the previous verses. Verse 8 to 14. He says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the, spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things are exposed and made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore he says, awake, you will sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will do what? Give you light. So now Paul is contrasting our old way of living with now. He says, when you were in the world, you were doing all forms of dark things. Oh, all forms of things that we can't even mention. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. We are saved. Thank God for the, the blood of Jesus puts all of us on an equal grounds. Whether you are a good boy or you are a bad once the blood of Jesus comes in, we, we, we are all cleansed. And he says that in the past you used to do evil things. You, you used to use your time to do things that when we talk about we, we, can't, even, we can't even put our minds to. Oh, some of you were doing amazing things. Thank God that he washes it and cleanses it and puts it somewhere because he was supposed to write the history books. Oh, you, you don't qualify. It says that, but now that you are in the light, the same way you used to use your time to do evil. I realize those who are doing evil, they are very purposeful. Oh, they are more purposeful than those who are doing good. Someone who is, who, who is a, a clubber, she knows her exact time. She knows how to, when to sleep, how to get herself ready. 10 o'clock, she's ready. 10.30, she's on the way. 11 o'clock, very, very planned life. And she does that consistently every time. Oh, no. I mean, a slave queen who has like seven people to slay. She knows how to handle. This one is for day one. This one is for day two. I mean, they know how to handle everything. They are very, very organized in evil. When people are planning evil, they are very organized. They know how to work it out. You think I'm robbers, they just get up and go. No, no, they, they plan it. So he says that when you were in the world, you put a lot of thought into the evil that you were doing. Now that you are in the light, put a lot of thought into the good things that God wants to do in your life. Make sure you're, you, you, you are deliberate about it. Work on it. And so it takes us to the strategy. The strategy says that redeeming the time. So this is how you are going to live a circumspect life, a precise life. You have to do what? Redeem the time. And the Greek word for redeem the time, and first of all, I was telling them that maybe those who are not married, you can give birth, you can name your child when you give birth with this Greek word. The Greek word is exagorazo. I mean, just imagine your child goes to school. What's your name? <laughs> exagorazo. Maybe they can shorten it. Exa. <laughs> or gora. <laughs> or something. But, but this, this is a word, exagrazo. It's, it's, it's an interesting word. But this word is a word um, that, that means to buy up. It means to ransom. But to understand it better, you would have to go back into the culture of that day. So in, in those days, they had slaves and they had slave masters. 
And Paul was addressing the people who had that concept so he could use this word, understand it very well. And, and those days when I wanted to buy a slave, and I, I let me use Andrews again as an example. So Andrews is the slave of um, Ike. Today that you are the slave of, <laughs> no, you are the slave of God. Amen. So Andrews is the slave of Ike. So, so Andrews owes everything to Ike. He can't do anything without Ike's permission. Everything, he has to take instruction from Ike. Now, if I come and I want to buy Andrews, there are different terms for which you can buy a slave. I can either buy Andrews from Ike for a period of time and sell Andrews back to Ike. Or I can buy Andrews from Ike and then sell Andrews to another person. Or I can buy Andrews from Ike and keep him for myself and the condition is that I will not sell him again. So Paul employs exagorazo, which means I buy him from Ike and he's mine forever. I buy him without selling him again. So the, the whole agreement is that you are my slave now and you will not be for another person. So now when Paul says redeeming the time, he says that you have to buy your time from what is now the master of your time. And the whole idea is when you buy your time, you are not going to allow any other thing to be the master of your time. You are going to be the master of your time. So you are going to have to buy your time from that television program. It's still two hours every day from your life. You have to buy your time from that television program and when you buy it, make sure that that time is for you. You don't assign it to something else. <laughs> you don't allow another master to come and take, so someone can buy the time for television and give it to social media. Hey, hey, you, are, you are my slave. No, I hand you over to No, no, no. The whole idea is that when you buy the time, you have to make sure the time is used for the assignment and the purpose that God has for you. But the other thing, interesting thing is that when I'm going to buy Andrews from Ike, I have to pay the right price. Because I can't obtain him until I pay the price that matches his value. And so, for you to redeem the time, there's a price that has to be paid. You, you're going to have to sacrifice something. You're going to have to release something so that you can have your time. Because your time has been a slave to that thing for a very long time. And some of you, you are going to have to go and take your scissors and cut your television, uh, what do you call it? Cable, antenna. And say, because that, that's the price you have to pay. Some of you have to to take your phone and say, data off for one week. Ah, you can't imagine it. Unless someone went somewhere and then the data was problematic. A whole life was upside down. Data is off. Data is not working for just 15 minutes. Her whole life is upside down because like, when, when, when WhatsApp shut down for six hours or so, come and see. I, le- I didn't even know WhatsApp had shut down. I mean, I didn't even know until I read in the news. I learned people were like running helter-skelter like the whole world is coming to an end. Because what? What's up? Hey! No, it shows the extent to which things have mastered our time. So the time is ours, but the time is now in the hand of another master. And he says you have to redeem it buy it yourself and wherever you go this is now my slave i am not going to release it to any other thing where i mean it's my assignment and i'm using my time for it i'm not letting anyone else take my time you've got to determine that you will be the master of your time don't let other people control your time don't let that concert group be the control of your time don't you some of you today the price you have to pay is when you go you turn your data on exit group one 
Exit group two. Exit group three. Because you are trying to get out of pornographic addiction. You are in a group where the boys don't care. They put pornographic materials there. And you think you break out of it. You have to master, you have to take it and say, today enough is enough. I exit, I delete it. I don't owe you anything. It is my life and it is my time. So that's what Paul is saying. You see, the truth is that sometimes we are trusting God for a solution, but the solution is the principle of his word, which you are ignoring. And once you ignore it, you can't see the result. There is no amount of oil I can pour on your head if you ignore the principle that will work for you. It won't work. It won't work. I can bring oil from Israel. One whole gallon, pour it over your head and empty it, shake it, pour it, put it away. Go for the next oil from Israel. Nothing will work if you bypass the principle of God's word. If something else is wasting your time and your time is going away, I can tell you that no matter the prayer or breakthrough you pray, you won't see the hand of God in your life. Because it's gone. Whereas you are using all those hours on those wasteful activities, someone is investing those hours in productive activities. Guess what? The two of you will go, one day you meet at a certain point and then they want to choose one person. Who are they going to choose? I like the prayer Andrew's led today. The, the extra oil. I'll teach on that one day. Because you see, there are people who are still, we are all virgins in the house of the Lord. I'm talking about spiritual virgins. We are all born again. But there are those who have the extra oil and there are those who don't have. So by the time we, we get there and the bridegroom is knocking, you don't have any oil. You don't have the extra thing. So you are shut down. You are shut out. Guess what? Between those five foolish virgins and five wise virgins, the difference between the extra oil is that the five wise virgins use their time to go and get extra oil. Whereas the five foolish virgins were sitting down. By the time the opportunity came and the bridegroom was knocking, those who invested their time in getting the extra oil were now ready. Their lamps could light up and wait for the bride. I pray for you that you would use your moment and your season now so that when the time comes, you will not miss out on the purposes of God concerning your life. Shout a big amen. Now, interestingly, Paul uses the word time. You know, in the English, it's time. That's what we translated it. But in the Greek, it's, it's interesting because there are different words for time. Now, the, the Greek word, there's a Greek word for time called chronos. And that is chronological time. That's 9 a.m., 10 a.m., 11 a.m., what we are all going through. Today is what? 8 January. We are all in 8 January. Aren't you all? Maybe someone is in 9 January, you can tell me. So that you can tell me what is going to happen because I'm now about to go into 9 January. All of us are in 8 January. We don't even know what's going to happen in the next five minutes. So we are all in the same chronos. But Paul employs a Greek word here called kairos. And kairos is a seasonable time. When he says a seasonable time, it means a particular season. So it is not just the chronological time of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or 9 a.m. But he's talking about seasons. So Paul says that in your life, you have to be able to identify seasons. And then when the season comes, you have the responsibility to buy the time. And so what Paul is saying is that in, in, we, we, we are all in, in the same chronos. All of us are in 8 January. All of us are at 11, 20 something, right? All of us, none, none of us is in a different time. We are all in the same chronos, but we are not all in the same kairos. Someone here right now is in a rejoicing carriers. Everything is going well for you. When you tell your left, things are working. You smile, but the money comes. Like, 
you, you blink your eye, then something good happens. Like, like, you're like, God, this season should not end. I don't know how many of you have been in that season before. Like, you cough, then something good is happening. That's, that's a nice season to be in. But another person might be sitting here, they are in a season of pain and sorrow. Everything seems to be crashing in on them. That's a season. Someone might be in a season of harvest because he sowed some time ago. So, like just walking in harvest. Another person is in a season of sowing. And you have to understand the seasons so that you can buy the time. So when you are in a season of sowing, you don't do what someone who is in a season of harvest does. When you are in a season of sowing, what is required of you is not the same thing that is required of the person that is in a season of harvest. I mean, if, if, I mean, Felix, you are a farmer. If you are in a season of harvest and I'm in a season of sowing and you are enjoying your harvest, you have harvested, you are chilling, sleeping, relaxing. Me, if I'm in a season of sowing and I, I look at Felix, I say, ah, look at my fellow fa- farmer. He's just chilling and relaxing. Now, I will cry at the end of the day because we are not in the same season. And the thing that a lot of believers do is that we think that because we are all in the same chronos, we are all in the same, we are not all in the same season. In fact, when the city was depreciating and a lot of us were lamenting, other people were laughing. Other people were laughing. Those who earned in their salaries in dollars, they're like, oh God, pastor, I have a testimony. God is amazing. My, my salary has been tripled. Wow. Your job tripled your salary. No, no, no. As the city was depreciating, my salary was going up because I earned in dollars. Like it was just going up. Someone, someone who invested in dollars, I mean, bought dollars and put down, as the city was depreciating, I was like, oh God, this is my cocoa season. So, so don't think that when you are lamenting and crying, everyone else, no, we are not all in the same place. In fact, challenges are not generic. They are very specific. What you think is a challenge to you is not a challenge to another person. And that is why you have to understand season. Because if you understand season, then what you do with your season is you you realize that you do something different with your season. When you are in a season, look, like for instance in this church, we are in a different season. Another church might be having like people coming in full and everything. We are in a different season. So me, I can't be doing eating and drinking like another pastor who who has a church that is, I mean, doing well. No, no. I've not finished dealing with the things in this atmosphere for people to be. So I can't go and say, ah, oh, we thank God. And, and I, no, no. It's the time for fasting. It's the time for praying. It's the time for laboring. It's the time for being on the field. You do what is required of you because you know you are in a different season. Sometimes my parents tell me that, oh, why? what do you want? What do you want in life? You're always fasting. Because this is the season. I'll get to a point I can't fast again. I'll get to a point I can't fast again. My wife will not even allow me to fast. This season, I can fast. This season, I can pray. This season, I can labor. You have to understand where you are. If you're a student, it is a season. You can't be sleeping. You have to be behind your books. If it means putting your legs in water and sitting down and staying. You, you, you can't be TikToking. You are in a different season. We will not all write, we will not write the exams with you. So you, you come home and then chill with us. By the time you finish, you'll be sitting behind the paper and then you're like, oh, Father, please help me. Father, please. Because you didn't make good job for what? The season. And so Paul is saying that you have to understand where you are. And let me draw attention because sometimes what we do as believers is that we compare ourselves. And that's why Paul says those who compare themselves and measure themselves are foolish. They are, they are not wise. Because when you look at me, you might think that, oh, look at the way Pastor Ima, everything is working for him. But we all come to the same church. 
We all pray the same prayer. We all hear the same word. God, why is it that you are doing for him? You are not him. Because God is not dealing with all of us in the same season. When I was going through my season of pain, you were not there. The fact that I did not tell you about my pain does not mean that I did not go through pain. So if you foolishly compare yourself to me, you will be, one, ungrateful, and two, you will stop doing what you are supposed to do in your season to also get to the next level. So instead of complaining, ask God, God, which season am I in? Show me what to do. If it is a season of crying, I want to cry well because those who sow in tears will doubtless come rejoicing with their seeds. You have to be in a place where you understand the season you are in. And I pray for all of us that God will give us discernment. Discernment to know where you are. Because some of you, you are praying some prayers and they are not the prayers God wants you to pray. You are praying that God, God, let this go. Let this. God says it won't go. Jesus, he prayed, let this cup pass. He said, nevertheless, not as I will. Because it was a season. He needed to by force go through it. So that people will be saved. I'm teaching you the truth. Because if I teach you and you are fed well, you become better. And I'll be happy. Just imagine all of you are doing well. Am I not a happy pastor? Even if you don't appreciate me, I'm a happy pastor. Because you are all what doing well. So I am teaching, you've got to understand, one of the prayers you have to pray every day, God, show me which season I'm in. Help me to understand it. Sometimes you might be in a very long season and it doesn't mean that God has left you. It only means that God wants to teach you something. You have to identify it and you have to get there. The children of Israel were taken through a wilderness period because God said, if I don't do that, when they come face to face with war, they will run away. Or when they see the beast of the, of the field, they would run away. So I need to strengthen their hands so they can take hold of what is before them. And I pray for you that you will seize your moment and seize your season. Shout a big amen. amen. Now, when you find yourself in your season, one of the statements you have to tell yourself is, I can't do what everyone else is doing. No, I can't do what everyone else is doing. You can't. You, no, you, you can't. Andrews, you can't. Because your season is different. You, some of you, you have to be sleeping three hours every day. You are sleeping eight hours. You can't. You can't be sleeping eight hours when you are in a season that requires that your eyes, you have to roast your eyes. <laughs> ah, you can't. And seasons are amazing because what you do with one season is going to impact the next season. And, and I was sharing earlier today that when I felt I had to do my master's, it wasn't a season to do master's. It was a season where our daughter was coming and when she was born, I mean, we spent a lot of money on surgery and all of that. I mean, it wasn't a season to, season to go to school. What, what, what was the resource to go to school? When you're buying diapers and whatever and all the things that you're buying, already you haven't recovered from your surgery cost. But God says you have to go to school. And thank God for my wife. When I told her, regardless of what we say, you have to go. We didn't have all the money. I went to pay a little. I started the school. But you see, when God says you have to go, when God says you have to do something in a season and you obey, God is the same one who opens the doors. I went in for a postgraduate certificate and it was turned into a full master's program. And guess what? The God who told me to go and do it made a way for me to get a full scholarship. And when I got a full scholarship and I finished the master's, the same institution now employed me to teach their students. If I had missed that season, I would have missed that opportunity. I would have missed it. I would have missed it completely. And that is why you have to redeem the time by the time. 
Ask God, what do you, some of you are supposed to be in school by now. Today, after today, you've written, you've done the application for, you put it down for a long time. Today, go and dust it and say, I am going back. Because this might be the season. Oh, you get married and you get pregnant and you give and you realize you can't go back to school again. Because it's, it's, it's done and dusted. Like your life, I, I say when you get pregnant, when you get married and you get pregnant, it's called a season of no return. Your life is changed forever. Forever. You ask, those of you who want to marry, you ask those who are married. Yeah. Your life is turned around completely forever. Forever. Our two kids can leave their beds and come and squeeze the two of us. Two little children. Your lives are changed forever. <laughs> and so you have to know the season. And you make the best use of that season. Finally, he says that the reason why you have to do that is because the days are evil. He says that the days are evil. And, and the word evil means it is a moment of labor and pain and anguish and annoyance. In fact, as if Paul was writing about this, today, this day, there's a lot of annoyance in the system. People just get angry by heart. Too. And it's not because, like, you were the one, you were not the one who made them angry. They had an anger factor, which is coming from the politicians because the economy is hard. But you also came to add yours. And so you just said something little now. Like people are fighting over 50 pesos every day in the trot trot. The mates like, why? Meanwhile, previously 50 pesos would not have been anything. But because we are in a very painful and laborious season, oh, every morning after, after I sold, after we sold the car, then I realized that, hey, fights are going on. Mate, uh, and then yesterday, I sat in a truck, the driver parked, he says, Master Sifomujas. <laughs> People are in a season of annoyance and pain and labor. Things are, things are not going well, generally. So he says that days are evil. People are doing all forms of things. Scamming people. We are in an evil day. So he says that because you are in the evil day, make sure you buy the time. Because you see, in the evil day, what would distinguish you is what you do in your season. Because you see, God is not dealing with you according to the economy of Ghana. He's dealing with you according to his own economy. But if you don't apply the principles that allow you to access the things of the economy, you will be living in the economy of Ghana when God wants you to be living in his economy. And this world hasn't seen anything yet. This year, I'm not a prophet of doom, but there are interesting things about to happen that will shake the globe. We haven't seen anything, though. So if you don't understand that the days are evil and buy back the time so that you will be living, whilst others are complaining, you'll be living in a different If you don't do that, you'll miss out on what God wants to do. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's called seasons. You have to know that days are evil, so, so you have to wise up and make the best use. Yeah. This year, it's very possible U.S., China, Taiwan, they'll fight. Very, very possible. Very possible. And if they fight right now, China, China does everything you have. Everything. When they say made in the UK, it's done in China for UK. Everything. Everything is done in China. Everything. So can you imagine China on the brink of war or China in war? Ah. They are not even in war, cry. You are not seeing top. Ukraine and Russia, cry. You are not seeing top. Can you imagine what happened? And, and so we don't even know what the next thing is coming. That is COVID. We, we, don't, we don't know anything. We are in evil times. So what? Redeem the time. 
Because you see, what God is about to do in your life, it is not dependent on whether the superpowers are fighting or it's dependent on you applying the principles. Because he says that those who know their gods, they will work strong and they will do exploits. It doesn't matter the season. If you know your God and you live by the principles of his word, you will you will become stronger. And you will do exploits. Was it not the same time that Joseph, I mean, there was there were famine across the globe that in the land of Egypt there was still food? Why? Because of one man who went by the he understood seasons and times. He understood that there was going to come a time of famine. So what did he do with the season of plenty? He saved up for the time of famine. It's called redeeming the time. Do you know what another meaning of redeeming the time is? I can see into the future, so I buy the time for the future now. That by the time I enter into the future, I've already bought the time. And I pray for all of us that God will help us. That God will help us. So Paul concludes by saying that, therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Therefore do not be what unwise, but understand what what the will of the Lord is. Because the only way you're going to be able to do this is when you understand what the will of the Lord is. When you understand that this is God's will for my life. Oh, look, people can say all that they are saying, but you know that God is about to take you somewhere. You know that God is going to cause it to yield fruit. You know that God is going to get it somewhere. You, you are very certain that this is what God wants me to do. And this morning, I used my wife as an example. Let me try to do She's here today, but let me use it. So, so there was a season that she, she had to leave her job. And we were very certain about it. We were prayed. It, wasn't, it didn't look like a wise decision. But at that time, there were a lot of things happening and she had to leave. But, but I mean, down the line, and you are trusting God for another job and no job is coming. I mean, no, no job. What can you do? And she said she felt like she had to focus on her business. So she was working it. You work the business, COVID comes, and uh, it's something else. Then, then she felt like she had to put all her energy in church. You know, and she was working for this church like nobody's business. No one paid her a single person. Worked, designed, did all our designs for us, did all our administration things. Like at the point I told her, Charlie, it looks like you're working more than you. You, you come to the office and let me go and look for another job. <laughs> I mean, she was working, working day and night, working day and night. You see, because when you understand what the will of the Lord is, you might not know exactly what it is about to birth. But when you are in the will, it will ultimately lead you to where God wants you to be. So then, a job opening comes just at the latter part of last year. And guess what? The road they are looking for is the role she has been playing for the church all this while that no one has paid her for, that she has put all her energy in. She goes for the interview and it is as simple and as easy because this is what I've been doing. This is, this is what I have been doing. And guess what? They see and like, we, they actually went to her, her what, social media handles and guess what? She was working on a business even though clients were not coming. Sometimes she would do the flower and take a picture and put it. You think it's, a, it's for a client. She just did it at home. She would do a backdrop, take a picture and put it because this, that was a season she understood that this is what God wants me to do. It wasn't easy because sometimes I like, Jack, let's go and look for a job because we need more money. She's like, I feel God wants me to do this. And guess what? When the door opened, because she had bought that season, that time, the door opened and then it was a door that was, she was just ready for the door and enters into the door. So I am telling you that God has amazing things for us, but you have to understand what his will is. You have to seek his face and say, not what everyone else is doing. Uh, this person is doing, so I'm also going to do. This one has gone into this, so I'm going to, oh, this one has gone to family. I'm going to, uh, it will shock you. Someone will go into family. You also go into family. It won't work. 
oh, this one has gone into this business. I also, no, no, no. It is not for you. It is, there is something different. There's something different. I remember those, some years ago, I used to share about the sporting village and what they want to do. And it was so passionate. Share me. I couldn't even see the picture because, I mean, he's the one who is bearing the vision. And it didn't look like anything then. But now, we are talking and then you can see that the thing is forming in flesh. The, the doors are opening. I mean, and that's the thing. When you understand the will of God and you focus and you put your energy and everything in it, look, the day will come that you realize that it is bearing for fruit. It is. It is. So know the season and buy back the time. Know the season and invest in yourself and invest in what God has given to you. And I pray that all of us will be able to enter where God has given to us. That is why Ecclesiastes 3.11 says he has made everything beautiful in its time. Everything. Everything. When the, when the thing is in God's time and it, for, it, it comes within, oh, it's so beautiful. It's, it's lovely. It's amazing. It is exciting because that is what, what God wants you to do. So let me give you these four pointers to go home with. Number one, identify the time wasters in your life. The unprofitable social media activities, the friends who are distractions, the unproductive television programs, the games, all of that. Identify them. Today when you go, go and make a checklist. This one is a time waster. That one is a time waster. I said this morning, I had to exit from a certain old uh, student's page. Because when I was trying to get away from football addiction, then I'll come back and meet thousand messages. And they are discussing who scored at Manchester, who did this at that, who did that at that. On a Saturday evening when I'm preparing for church, I come and meet thousand messages. Uh, I said, Jack, this one, it won't work. I looked at the page. I said, beloved brethren, I'm sorry. I've got to exit. <laughs> I exited. See, sometimes when you are exiting, you are thinking about what the other people will be thinking. And I, I'm free. I don't, I don't care what the other people are thinking. It is my life. It's my life. It's where God wants me to be. So identify the time wasters and tell yourself that these things are distractions. They have to be out of my life. Number two, ask God for strength to buy back the time. You have to ask God for strength so that you can back, buy time but buy back the time from the masters that have your time. Some of the things have become addictions. And today we are going to pray. You are going to pray that God will cause any such thing that is an addiction in your life to be broken. Some of us, it's so difficult. We can't leave some things. Like they, are, they are holding us. Number three, identify profitable things you can do with your time. Because you see, when you have losing your time from the hold of another master, if you don't do something, life upon vacuum. If you don't put something important there, I realize someone can till a ground and if they don't plant anything there, the next one month you see weeds grown all over. Because that's life. If you give space, something will grow. So if you take the time wasters out of your life and you don't find something profitable with your time, you will realize that your time will be given to another master. So write profitable things. Some of you can write books. You should be writing you can write songs. Be writing. Bring the songs to us. We'll sing it. You, can, you like reading. Invest your time in reading. Like, do something with your time. With your life. I mean, go to the internet and learn things. I mean, you're at home. You're at home. You're looking for a job. Job hasn't come. Oh, don't put your hands on your head and say that. As for me, the God has forsaken me. I'm not getting a job. During that period, it's a season for great investment in your own life. By the time you say, Jack, 
the job that you are getting is the, the investment that you made in your life. Yeah. And number five, number four, prayerfully plan out your life. Prayerfully plan out your life, particularly your days, and assign time to them. Profitable activities. Prayerfully plan your life every day. Plan. Your, don't wake up and say, "I don't." I, so, and we are waking up another day. What is happening today? And you don't even know what the day was. Some people wake up and they are not figuring out how the day will go. No, the day before, you should know how the day is going. You, you, you should plan it out and you should be very intentional. And don't allow people to steal the time. Oh, Charlie, maybe Charlie, Charlie, there's a party. There's a party here today, 6 p.m. I just told you there's a party at 12, 12 noon. And I tell you that the party is at 6 p.m. today. Then you say, Charlie, Jack, let's go. We'll go. Make sure at 5 o'clock, then we'll go. Oh! there's something wrong. It, it shouldn't happen just like that. No, it shouldn't. By the time they are telling you there's a party at 6 p.m., you're telling them, oh, sorry, I'm coming for single search and satisfy. I'm investing in my, I'm investing in towards my marriage. Oh, I'm sorry, I can't go with you. You see, when you assign profitable things to your time, no one just comes and then steals the time. Nothing just comes and steals the time. It's profitable. And you invest in it. And I pray for us, church, that every one of us will be able to live this circumspect life and be able to get to where God has for us. Because this year, 2023, is going to be a great year for you. And I pray that you will seize every moment that God brings. You will not miss out. You will not lose out of what God has before you. Just lift up your voice and begin to pray. Start by praying and asking God, I mean in repentance, that Father, I am sorry for the time that I've wasted. I'm sorry for all the time that I've allowed to go just like that without assigning anything to them. Tell the Lord, the Father, I am sorry. I am sorry. I am sorry. You need to open your mouth and pray in repentance. And I want to hear a church that is praying. These are the essential prayers that you need to pray. These are the things that you need to talk to God about. And tell the Lord, the Father, I am sorry. And today I, I give myself to you, oh God. And, and I say that I am sorry and I repent of the usage of my time, oh God. That I will get it right. That I will get it right. That I will get it right. In the name of Jesus, lift up your voice and talk to the Lord. Lift up your voice and talk to the Lord. Lendo shada kavande yakaba, Ramando zende devekapa. Lord, we pray. Help us, O God. Help us, O God. Help us, O God. Help us, O God, in the usage of our time. You want to pray that anything that has become an addiction in your life, that is stealing your time, that is taking away your time. Father, let that addiction be broken in my life. Some of us, our phones have become an addiction. We can't can't even leave our phones because every time there's something that is holding us and it's not like they are profitable things, they are unprofitable things. You want to pray that, Lord, let every such addiction be broken in my life. For some of us, television programs, some particular programs, some movies, they have become a stronghold, they are holding you back, and you want to lift up your voice and say that Lord, let it be broken in my life in the name of Jesus and from today Lord, I yield and surrender every part of my time to you, every part of my being to you, in the name of Jesus, Levondo Shadakapa Limando Sandayakapa 
Maybe you haven't even given your life to Jesus Christ. This is the moment for you to say because that's a starting point for saving your time. And I want you to make it your own prayer and say, Lord Jesus, I give myself to you. I accept you into my heart and into my life. Ask my Lord and Savior because you are the only one that can help me to live the life that you have purpose for me. Lift up your voice and talk to him and give everything to him and yield everything and resurrender everything to him in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Help us, oh God. And finally, I want you to pray that God help me to be sensitive to your will. Help me to be sensitive to your voice. Help me to be sensitive to your will. Help me to be sensitive to your voice. And that's one of the things that we need most in life. To be sensitive. Because you see, it is in that place that we are able to determine what season we are in. It is in that place we are able to determine what God wants to do in and through us. It's that place that we are able to see what God has for us. In the name of Jesus. Lord, help us, O God. Help us, O God. Help us, Father, O God. In the matchless mighty name of Jesus. Lendo Rava Kabando Shedeke Deveanda. Zivrande Akado Shalakada. Lebrando Zendea. Help us, O God, for without you we can do nothing, O God. Without you, we can do nothing, O God. Rando Shedeke Veanda Raba.